You have heard of the Sith warrior, Darth Maul, have you not? Yes. He was slain on Naboo at the hand of Obi-Wan Kenobi. A few still remain in his bloodline. The men dwell on the far side of Dathomir. What if I could provide another of his kind? A warrior of the same caliber? Yes, but I warn you, men are easy to acquire, hard to control. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, Count Dooku enlists the aid of Mother Telson of the Night Sisters in a search for a new apprentice. But little does Dooku know, the Night Sisters are hatching a devious scheme to allow Asajj Ventress to take revenge on her old master. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. Next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Ventress to my Savage. <laughs> it's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hey, everyone. And we are going to talk about the 57th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's season three. Episode 13, Monster. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you get a, just a, a lot of character moments, a lot of uh, new characters, a lot of interesting things happen. So, yeah, I mean, I remembered all of this pretty much. I was kind of taken aback, though, watching it this time, how much of the, I guess, the test there was in the episode you know what i mean it felt like the testing took a long time you know but it was still a very enjoyable episode yeah it's funny you say that about the test taking a long time because i felt like they took a long time too but maybe not for quite as positive a reason as you did (laughs) because i found the first one in particular surprisingly uninspired for some reason i mean i don't like to start off on a negative i don't like to be negative at all (laughs) but maybe because of how ill-prepared the men were with so many telegraphed lunging attacks just, you know, making it so easy for Ventress. You know, even if Ventress wasn't highly skilled, the, way, the men just seemed so bad. And these were supposed to be the, you know, the top ones of the village. She'd already supposedly weeded out the not good ones. And I don't know, I found the trials a little bit tedious. I don't know, how, how, did, you, how did you like the trial scene, Robbie? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying about that first test where it's like everybody just kind of like it's just power you know they're just trying to use their power and, and it did they look like very very unskilled fighters but this is another example of what we had talked about on a previous episode which was probably gosh weeks ago now but like how the movements when it comes to battles are very digital you know they're very move 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 there's not a fluidity in their movements i just find that very distracting i mean not so distracting that that it takes away my enjoyment of it. It just it's just something that I notice almost every time they somebody fights. It just looks so digital, you know what I mean? It's it's I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. But no, I mean, you know, it's almost like inevitable, you know, at the beginning before the trials, you know, you've got Feral and Savage talking. You know they're going to be the last ones. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you pretty much just took away the, you know, <laughs> any any drama of who's going to be chosen because you know it's going to be one of them. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's still I, I still uh, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that sense of inevitability sort of left me a little bit deflated. I think with this sense. I mean, we've talked before about episodes that are based on other stories and based on familiar things, and this is a, another one of those. You know, it's a bunch of trials that she has to put them through, and something about. The way that it played out, I mean, starting with that thing where they just seem incompetent, you know, and I guess the point is that Savage is the only one that has what it takes. But, I mean, this is supposed to be a warrior culture and the fact they were just so bad at it, you know, even allowing for how good Ventress is, the fact there was no skill being displayed was like, well, what are you guys even training? You're just there doing, you know, pushing weights all the time and like hitting each other as hard as you can. Is it all physical and zero technique? And so... It was, I guess, frustrating. You know, I, I guess I expected, maybe expected more from the show at this point because it's been so good in other episodes at, you know, adapting ideas from other stories and making them feel fresh and compelling in the Clone Wars. And this, unfortunately, this one didn't really do it for me, at least in terms of the trial side of things at the Men's Village. Yeah, I mean, it's, you definitely expect more from the group of, what are they, the Zabrax, Zabrax, that Maul came from. Yeah, you do. You definitely expect more. So it's one of those things where, at the same time, they're kind of leading you down a path, and you know, along with the characters down a path. So I mean, I guess I get, I understand it, but at the same time, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and as much as I say I don't want to, <laughs> I mean, I don't enjoy being negative about the show at all. But unfortunately, I think part of the problem was that even Savage who ends up being I guess the main Zabrak male character when you have a story which involves reducing a character's personality as happens to Savage here for me that kind of I guess tragic turn only really works if you effectively establish the character that's being lost in the first place and here they kind of try to do that by building that sympathy via his protective nature with regards to his brother but it turns out that just wasn't enough to build a character on and Again, this is a show that we've praised before, that uh, that I've praised especially for its ability to establish character very quickly and efficiently at times. They've got a ton of skill at that. So the fact they have very little time to establish Savage before he gets taken down doesn't really explain for me why they fell short on this occasion. I just didn't find him interesting or compelling. And so when the turn happened, I didn't feel like anything was really being lost, you know? When they strip away a personality that's not a very interesting personality in the first place, the tragedy of that was kind of lost on me. I totally get that. But I also believe that in a way, and this this sort of uh, dismisses his character a little bit, but I think that in a way, I think they were trying to show more about what this is doing to Ventress. That... She's becoming even more evil in what she's doing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying, that there there needed to be something to... I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how you would do it. Well, I think the way that you... If you want to show someone becoming more evil, then you show them doing something more tragic. And the way you show, the, show it being more tragic is that you make <laughs> Savage a sympathetic and compelling personality before he you know becomes this sort of zombie version of himself and that's you know that that all feeds into each other you know it's not i don't think it's a one thing or the other thing i think it all should work together and i mean i don't know i, I don't want to keep like i don't want to like i said <laughs> like i said i don't like being negative about the show if i can help it it was just one of those oh, just bringing it all down it's just one of those episodes where yeah there was a bit of a hole in the middle of it where i, I felt like they've done so much better at this sort of thing in the past and for some reason they fell short here but but there were plenty of things that I actually did like in this episode. And one thing, which actually is, I guess, from the last episode too, but I didn't pick up until this episode, that Mother Talzin's 
regular voice has a deeper male sounding ghostly voice that shadows it and I think I made it pretty clear in the previous episode that I've become a big fan of this Mother Towson character. I mean this is a perfect example. You know that character for about five seconds in the previous episode and you want to know everything about her, right? She's super compelling within five seconds that's how you establish a character fast effectively efficiently and this voice thing maybe in the last episode i guess i felt it subconsciously and it was part of what made her so compelling to me but i mean did you consciously recognize this effect before robbie because it took me a whole episode to pick it up well and that's the thing is i'm not sure it was in the last episode i i mean i could be completely wrong but it was definitely noticeable in this one. And it was something that I, from my previous viewings of the series, I do remember that and remember it being very creepy. Um, yeah. It's one of the things my wife had brought up many times. She she just said, man, her voice sounds so creepy with the other voice layered on top of it. You know? Yeah. I mean, almost like she's, you know, got two souls within her or something. You know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of uh, questions about her. So it's interesting to pick up on that. But like I said, I was trying to notice it in the previous episode, and I didn't. So I'm not exactly sure it was there, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah, maybe we need to go back and check that and find out if it's us or if it's there, Robbie. But I also noticed a couple other things in this episode, which I didn't pick up before. One is that she has two what appear to be bony spikes, which seem to be growing out of her back. And that scene where she meets Dooku, she turns her back at one point. Mm. Now, almost like the vestiges of what used to be wings or something, maybe related to those spooky, wavy tendril things. You know, almost like seaweed floating in the currents. I mean, I don't know. She just gets more and more fascinating to me every time I see her. Did you notice those bony outgrowths? Or I mean, you must have noticed the wavy tendrils, right? Well, yeah, but I didn't notice the things coming out of her back. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, she's... I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's almost like... Uh, Even the way that she moves, the way that, you know, of course, her speech, it almost makes you think maybe she's some reanimated corpse or something, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, she's such a strange character. It's so spooky. Yeah, it's just, it's so strange. But I remember the first time I watched it, I was sort of, I wouldn't say annoyed, but I was impatient with the character. Like, I was like, okay, what is this? And I think it's just because I was so taken aback by this element introduced into star wars it took me a while to warm up to it but of course i was i was younger and uh not as open-minded back then i think so maybe that's what it was but i remember being like i said like impatient i wouldn't say i would never say annoyed about her but it was almost like okay what what is this and let's let's move on you know but now it's it's like i i was actually like looking forward to these episodes i knew they were coming and i was looking forward to them so things change you know (laughs) The way you view things change. Yeah, I really dig her. I just want more and more of her. And like we say about a lot of these very vibrant, villainous characters, you immediately start wondering how they got to where they are. You know, we've talked about it with Grievous. What's his background? How did he become who he is? And the same with Ventress, although we found out a bit more about her in the previous episode. But yeah, here with Mother Talzin, I'm just super curious to know how she came to be where she is. Although, like we've also said in previous episodes, sometimes it's better not to know. Sometimes it's better for it to remain a bit of a mystery, maybe. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's like, think of all the major villains or characters in in just history, you know what I mean? In the history of movies and sometimes knowing, you know, the the background is is very, very interesting and sometimes it diminishes the character a little bit. So that's why I always thought that, I mean, this is kind of separate, but it was always something that I was really a fan of with Heath Ledger's version of the Joker is that he told the story and you're like, oh, okay, so this this is the origin. And then you find out, no, he's... 
he comes up with a different story for each of his victims. And he, he it's all beginning. You want to know how I got these scars? You know, I love that. Yeah. Because it, that's awesome. it became a lie. It became a part of the character that he would mess with his victims that way. And, and it's just, that's the kind of thing where sometimes not knowing it, just a character that comes out of nowhere and is just a whirlwind of chaos or danger or whatever. Sometimes that's interesting and that's, and that's enough. Sometimes you don't need to go into detail. So, so yeah, I mean, Mother Talzin's, uh, she's different. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's an interesting one. Yeah, I could do with a lot more episodes featuring Mother Talzin in my life, Robbie. And now it's time to talk about something else we could do with more in our life. That's our coolest shots, our favorite shots of the episode. What was your favorite shot of Monster? Man, I mean, there's there are a lot of cool shots, but I think my favorite, it's almost like a series of shots, is it's almost a point of view of one of the clones. As Savage is just barreling down that, I guess, that walkway, that All right. almost like a bridge or whatever. You just see, you know, he's hidden. You can't see what it is, and you just see clones flying out of frame, you know what I mean? It's just like, what is going on, you know, from their point of view? So I just really, really enjoyed that. It kind of reminded me of, in episode two, when the super battle droids come out, and and they're knocking the regular battle droids out of the way so they can shoot. You know what I mean? Right. That's one of the things that this reminded me of is he, he didn't even have patience for the droids. He was just, get out of my way. So yeah, that was uh, that was probably my favorite shot of the episode. Yeah, there were definitely some cool shots in that final scene, although, I mean, I almost didn't want to bring this up because it was another... <laughs> negative? <laughs> it was another negative. Yeah, it was just so rushed and so inevitable. It felt like it was just going through the motions, that whole scene... And in a way that I don't remember any other battle feeling like so far in Clone Wars, it kind of shows its hand as a scene which is designed simply to show that we have a new legit Jedi killer on the scene, right? The whole thing is let's show that Savage can wax Jedis pretty much with ease and clone troopers as well. But it felt, I don't know if artless is the right word, it just felt inevitable. And so there was no drama to it. Like it was just, he was just a steamroller. I guess I could see the strings being pulled. I mean, this was one way that I sometimes think about it, you know. I don't want to see the strings being pulled. I want to see the puppet and believe the puppet's a real thing. If that if that makes sense, does that make any sense? I totally get you. I totally under I mean, now that you're saying it, you're you're making me change my view. No, on don't it. change it. I'm not I mean, No, you I completely ruined my No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <Robbie. laughs> Don't do it. Don't fall for my negativity on this episode. Um, but, but let's get to something more. I mean, we just started. We already talked about it, right? I'm, look, I'm all, I'm all over the shop, Robbie. I'm flummoxed by this episode. But my favorite shot, I thought this was really cool. There's a cool low angle shot. And it's actually on a slight Dutch angle. It's when Ventress orders the prisoner brought in. And we see Ventress in kind of a silhouette standing next to the newly gigantic Savage with the table just behind him and several Night Sisters standing around. And part of it is just that I really love that setting. That, what is it, a big old cave or something, right? Then this massive cave and there's these green glowing waterfall streams that f- fall down in the background. I just thought it was a shot that is both pretty and spooky. And it also really showed off the physical change in Savage all at once. So, you know, for all that I've said, the Savage storyline is a little bit underwhelming. I did really dig that shot. And the, I mean, the physical side of him, he, I can't deny that that's pretty fun. Just to see this guy become a brute, leave the personality side of things aside, you know, as a physical specimen, he's something to behold. So yeah, I did, that was my favorite shot. And that was part of why. And so now we've got to talk about what did we learn from Monster Robbie? What were the lessons you took away from this episode? Well, for me, like I said, I think your lesson comes from Ventress. By taking revenge, you become what you hope to destroy. 
And it's just, uh, to me, it's tragic seeing her go down this path. Right. I mean, it's one thing to be a tool and almost enjoy, you know, the attacks and all that kind of stuff. But it's another thing to ruin others' lives as well. It's just, it's tragic to me. It sure is, Robbie. And I guess my lesson also comes from Ventress. And it's simply that when Ventress turns up in your village <laughs> and she says she's looking for candidates, you know, don't be fooled by her sourceliness. She's just, she's seductive, but this is a brutal, ruthless, highly skilled killer, and she's not there to be your friend. Run as fast as you can away and hide when Vitress comes to your village. You gotta fight that urge to go towards Vitress, Robbie. That's my lesson for Monster. And now it's time to sum up and give our ratings. Where does Monster sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, since, you know, you kind of ruined it, I, I have to... I'm kidding. I'm <sighs> <No>. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I mean, it's one of those things where I completely understand why you're feeling that way. But like I said, to me, this was a lesson almost like for what not to do, you know, from Ventress's point of view, that's how I viewed this episode. Even though, you know, they focused a lot on Savage, I, I saw it as more of a character defining moment for Ventress, so... I enjoyed the episode, even though, as you said, there are some elements that seem almost arbitrary. You know, it's like, oh, well, okay, we got to see how powerful Savage is, so let's put him up again. You know what I mean? Right. But I still enjoyed it. And for me, it's absolutely necessary to watch this one if you're going to watch the series. So for me, this one's a three and a quarter out of four. Hey, that's not too bad. Yeah, I think maybe part of the reason is even that this came after what I currently consider my favorite episode of the entire show so far you know the night sisters episode really kind of blew me away i fell in love with that episode and so maybe part of my problem is that i expected it to hold that super high level going into this episode and so when it didn't you know maybe i was a bit harsher on it than i could have been and that i should have been but i was digging it anytime mother talzin was on screen with her spooky tendrils and those voices and what have you and even though i found the fights mostly kind of underwhelming there was still that base level thrill of just seeing Ventress go to town on a bunch of fools I mean for, for all that for all that I dinged those scenes it's still always fun just to see how great Ventress is at being nasty I guess and I still have monsters sitting in the positive it's still more than a 5 it's 6 Ventress kills out of 10 and that's mission accomplished for season 3 episode 13 monster so Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels Sure, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, on Twitter, and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And, of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 58th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 14, Witches of the Mist. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.